back to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. This was a fun day for us. We got to watch the NHL entry draft, and given how difficult COVID-19 made the last year in hockey outside of the NHL, um, a bit of a shit show to say the least, but um, like a fun, chaotic shit show, not a, a boring one. I mean, anyone who survived through the first round live stream Gosh. of, I think that was three and a half hours. Yeah, we were getting on to four hours there. Close to four I hours. I gotta get signed, you know. Uh, yeah, I we, understand the show. You know what, maybe the top five make it a bigger deal. Yeah, for sure. But, like, they gotta, they gotta be a little stricter with the time. Who was it that well, was no, going off This on is Twitter? the thing, okay? Jesse and I, we, we timed these guys, okay? And, like, they, they started removing the clock, okay? And I timed them. We had a few picks there, like, nine minutes, ten minutes. No one's getting penalized. No, and who, who was it on Twitter? Twitter that was tweeting throughout the night that was just hilarious. I think it was Pierre LeBron. Was it Pierre LeBron? Yeah, it's saying that like basically uh, there should no, be. No, it was Eric Angles. Oh, Eric, Eric Angles. That's who yeah. it was, right? Saying uh, if Buffalo doesn't pick in the next thirty seconds, they should be docked. Yeah, I, I can. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> I can tell Eric Angles is a uh, nine o'clock bedtime kind of guy because <laughs> by ten p.m. this this I, I felt his rage like, but he was raging. He was well, like he he tweeted out. What's the point of having rules if you're not gonna follow? No, exactly. It's, he also tweeted out like at this rate the Habs will pick at twelve thirty. And they picked it like 11. Like, oh, he, three, I yeah. thought he was joking. I was like, oh, it'll be like 9. Yeah. This thing needs to be... Look, I understand each team gets five minutes. What... Per, okay, personally, what I think should be done is the team has, like, you know, 8 a.m. the quote-unquote draft opens, and teams are given however long they're given. The, the draft is done by the time it hits TV, yeah. you know? And, like, the picks are in... Um, the trades have been made, like all that stuff happened and they just have a show and that way you can have pick after pick after pick. You can have like the, you know, celebrities or the team captains or all these things come on to announce the picks. Uh, you can announce the trades and everything. And you know, the second round, look, they, they did the second through the seventh round in one day and they do the first round in one day. It's so it's like, you can clearly make this move along faster. And the, like the trades again, it's like just... If you want to have this four-hour thing, do it before. You know, it doesn't, you know, for people who say, like, oh, but then you can't have, like, live trades. It's like, no, there would be. I'm not saying, like, each team submits their pick and, like, that's it. But it's just have, you know, a six-hour draft window that happens from, uh, you know, noon to 6 p.m. And then the draft is at 8 where they can make a nice thing of it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a little much. And, like, you know, your patience gets to where it then. Like, I understand you a lot of time, but I don't think... You know, you you every team needs the seven or five minutes or whatever it is because they never follow it anyway. I don't yeah. think like you don't need to milk every second here. Like most of them have their mind made up. Just see if anyone wants to trade. It doesn't have to be down to the second. Like just get this done. All right, I completely agree. And so I mean, look, we'll we'll just go through the first round. I think it's important, yeah. that, like we said. So what Rob and I have here is that, um, in you know in the first column here we have uh, the consolidated list for those who subscribe to Elite Prospects. They basically put together a massive prospect list of you know all credible sources that includes like Bob McKenzie, Craig Button, a lot of the prospect sites, their own list, and they just compile it all and have this one big kind of consensus list. Obviously, it was really hard. A lot of the time, they're they're fairly accurate. I think last year, you know, before we started the podcast. Uh, in terms of like estimating, I think I think they got like sixteen of the first round picks yeah. correct, something like that. But uh, this year, you know, most of the guys who were you know projected to go where they went were not selected there. Um, we'll start with just number one, uh, Owen Power. I think he was the consensus number one for a little over a year now. Buffalo goes with Owen Power right away. Um, you know. Not much to say about yeah, this guy. Yeah, I, I could have seen Buffalo going for, you know, not a left shot D, but mm-hmm. again, like, it's it's one of those picks, like, whenever you have the first overall pick and, you know, you want to take the best player, you're not going to really go for positions, that's usually, like, the the way to go. It's a bit different this year because, like, you know, there's, there's you know, it, it's kind of tough to, these rankings are a little tough and, you know, Power does have some question marks in his game, but the, the thing is, though, is that, um... You know, it does suck that Ottawa has the pick this year. Like, you know what I mean? And, that, and that's what was in the back of my mind. Yeah, I was like... Buffalo. Buffalo, sorry. Yeah. yeah, it sucks for Buffalo because, like, that's what... It put it in the back of my mind. It's like, you know, they have Darlene there. They literally took him two years ago. Yeah. And I was like, maybe, maybe they'll take Beniers. I, I honestly, I think the guys ranked 1 to 15 in the consolidated ranking all had a yeah. chance of going no, first. Obviously not equal chance, but... 
you know, guys like uh, Dylan Gunther, uh, Brent Clark, William Eklund, Veneers, uh, even Aturatu, uh, Fabian Lizell, Jesper Wallstead even. I, I honestly, my, my like, um, I don't want to say like hot take, but I really thought that this would be the first goalie we see go first overall since Flurry. Yeah. Um, well, he's, he'll be someone we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, I was going to we say, really gonna, surprised yeah, that was, that was a little DC, shocking but, for me. Yeah, but so, so yeah. let's go number two. Um, this was basically set in stone here. Uh, Seattle Kraken take Matthew Beniers second overall. Um, this was, he, he was the only, like, he was just the guy, basically. You know, that's another one um, compared to our consolidated ranking here. That's a check mark for us. So Beniers yeah. going second. Just a fantastic you, yeah. player you, overall. Yeah, and you look at their positions that they drafted. I mean, they're, that's clearly a weaker area for them. And, um, and the way he plays, too, is that he's, for those who didn't follow up with him, you know, it's it's a 200-foot guy who can put up a lot of points. They clearly were drafting a forward, and he, I think, has just that half step of, yeah. uh, I guess, being ready, you know, beyond every other player. Yeah, he's got a little bit of room to grow, too. He's six one around 175, mm-hmm. but you can tell just with his frame, he's going to carry a lot more weight than that. It yeah. reminds me a lot of... Um, you know, a bit different size, but in terms of the maturity, it reminds me a lot of Kotkaniemi when we drafted him. Yeah, like, and he drew a lot of comparisons in terms of style to uh, Ryan O'Reilly. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets more up than that. You know, or low one nineties by the time he's playing mid one nineties. Yeah, absolutely. And so just going on to number three, we had William Eklund. Um, the first surprise we've got Mason McTavish going third overall. Um, you know, we have it here. He he jumped up five spots from the consolidated ranking. Uh, you know, not a bad pick. I just think the fact that he had a hot, um, it wasn't World Juniors, but it was uh, World Cup or U17, whatever it was, he had a a very strong showing. I think that really pulled him up. He can score a lot of goals, put up a lot of points, big, bigger body, and, you know, it fits Anaheim's game pretty well. Yeah, he plays Anaheim's game perfectly. A bit of a surprise, to be honest. Me cool with him in Comtois, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I just I find it was a bit of a surprise just because I do find if Anaheim has anything, it's a lot of young forwards. And I thought maybe they'd go with a defenseman just based mm-hmm. off of uh, yeah. like the, the availability of who's there and also just what yeah. they need. But again, top three, you just go with who you think is the best player. And I guess they saw McTavish as the third best player in the draft. Yeah. All right, going to number four. Um, we had Clark going, but... Luke Hughes got picked, so that's a plus one. Uh, so Hughes moved up one, yeah. basically, in that draft. So uh, what do you think of that pick? I mean, I look, Luke Hughes, Brent Clark, very, very close in terms of talent. Uh, I think Brent Clark's got a, a bit of a higher ceiling, but um, Luke Hughes is definitely a smart pick, and it was also a pick for the fans because New Jersey took Hughes um, and reunited him with his brother. It's so really cool to see. It will, it will be, and it also, you know, that that's a good marketing move. But it's also, you know, Luke Hughes is a very good defenseman. Yeah. Big too. Big, yeah. Weird. Uh, I want to know what the mailman in that area looks like <laughs> because uh, you've got two guys under five ten, and then one over six two. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Luke Hughes going number four. Basically, almost like we said, we had him at number five, but almost where you'd think he was going to go, so it made sense. Yeah. Um, moving on to number five, though, Kent Johnson gets drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Johnson would move up four spots. We originally had him in ninth. Um, you know, nothing bad to say about Johnson. He's kind of like a you know smaller playmaking centerman. Uh, I saw some comparisons to Barzal, which, like, just to use stylistically... And it makes sense, you know, Columbus is absolutely barren when it comes to prospects, yeah. especially forwards. I, I was a little Ever surprised. since that Duchesne stint they went through. Yeah, they where they sold, sold the farm yeah. for, what was it, Duchesne, uh, uh, Zingle. Zingle, and uh, one other player, I can't even remember. That's that's a bad trade then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just think that, you know, a little bit of a riser almost, you know, four spots up. But again, this draft was um, was just so, um, I don't want to say chaotic, but just unpredictable. Yeah, it started to... right away. It was just yeah, so... I mean, well, uh, there's no point in hiding this. Of the 32 forwards selected, or 31 technically, uh, three found the right spot. Yeah. So it's a lot of 
guys kind of dropping and rising through the ranks. Yeah. Um, so going on to yeah, we'll go to six, number six. Um, uh, Dylan Gunther we had in our on our list as going, but Simon Edmondson went. This move, you know, I I love Edmondson's it's a game. Great pick. He is a big defenseman that is gonna. I I can tell this guy is gonna be a breakout in this draft. Um, just his size alone, he's gonna bring such a presence. He's such a good skater. And uh, I'm really excited to see him play. I He's pers- really NHL ready. Too. And I and I personally think that uh, if any, you know, Owen, without taking away from Owen Power, if any defenseman was going to be compared to Victor Hedman, that yeah, would be it. He's guy. six foot four, Swedish, Swedish, and his skating is just crazy, top notch. I saw so him much go power as high, behind his shot yeah, and, and I saw him go as high as second in some mock drafts. So you he's know, like six five, two fifteen, or yeah, something. Yes, like yeah, I think I, I think he's, yeah, he's one of those guys who it's like you get his listing at like six four, six five, but it turns out that he's like really a six fiver. Yeah. And uh, you know, last time Detroit had a uh, big Swede on the blue line, it yeah. went pretty well. That also just you know secures their top pair in the next yeah. five years. Cider and Edmondson yeah. is just going to be an absolute the unit to play against. They're both six four and up. They're both great with the puck. Like you're, you're gonna have a serious problem getting past them. Detroit's gonna be very good very soon. Yeah, it's gonna sneak up on us. Absolutely, and it's big credit to uh, Steve Eiserman, obviously. Yeah. So number seven, that's where we had uh, Simon Edmondson. So again, very close to where he should have been. But San Jose goes with William Eklund. Um, surprised Eklund fell that far. Makes perfect sense. Eklund's a you know point scoring. Left winger. San Jose just needs everything right now. There's no other way to put it. Um, this was the first team that I thought was probably going to take Jesper Walston. Yeah. But I, I understand, you know, when a guy like Eklund, who was even rumored to possibly go first overall, falls this far, um, this could be... There's, there's a couple guys through the first round that I could see as being like the, uh, you know, kind of the big mistake, you know, almost like a la Caulfield. Uh, this could be one of them. Yeah, William Eklund we can see a ton of this draft. Is just, he's just solid. Yeah, so going on to number eight, this is where we had Mason McTavish going, um, and Brent Clark went. So, um, you know, Clark was a plus six. That's definitely a riser. I mean, yeah, he, that's, I mean, being predicted to go outside of the top ten and then breaching the top ten Yeah, shows that L.A. was super high on Brent Clark. Um Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I made a mistake there. It's he he fell. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, because we had him at four. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I, I read that backwards. Yeah. He he basically was supposed to go much higher, and yeah. he's another one who slipped. Yeah, I know that's. Um, yeah, that's my mistake. I wrote it wrong, but um, L.A. clearly saw an opportunity with him, and I think you know the fact that he's going to be playing. Under Drew Doughty, they had a very Surprised similar... he made it four. That's a one yeah. I was waiting for him. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's five, it. Five, six, seven went, and I was like, oof. That's it. And, you know, L.A., we knew they weren't taking the goalie because they have Cal Peterson, and yeah. uh, they've got another young goalie somewhere. But um, Brian Clark just made sense. That's, again, big, big fall. Um, but, you know, L.A.'s happy. Yeah. And they've got Drew Doughty, basically, just teaching this guy. He's, he's a phenomenal two-way defenseman, and... You know, that was another guy who, for a long time, was like, will he go first overall? So, I'm sure LA's happy with that pick. Um, Moving on to number nine. So, Arizona acquires this pick from Vancouver the day of the draft. That was in the Ekman-Larsen deal. Mm. And they take Dylan Gunther. So, originally we had Kent Johnson, who we said he ended up getting taken a little bit earlier. But Gunther, who we originally had at six, falls to nine. Um... You got probably the best offensive player in the draft, in yeah, my opinion. Probably. Um, pro- just a phenomenal winger. He's going to end up being a very big piece for Arizona going forward. Um, I can, nothing else to really say. They, they, they made a good pick. Yeah, That's great it. pick. Going to number 10, so the landmark here. Um, we, you know, we had Jesper Wallstedt going here. This guy's, you know, he's going to be all-star goalie. This guy's, yeah. you know, just everything that you, you look for in a star goalie, you know, you know, looks a lot like Vasilevsky did. Um, but instead they took Boucher, which is a, a riser for sure. Yeah, this was a guy we didn't have really as a interesting pick. <laughs> That's it. I know for, for some people may have had him late in the first round. I, I know for our list, he wasn't even ranked. So um, definitely the first big surprise of the draft. And... Uh, yeah, Tyler Boucher, I, I honestly don't know that much about him. And 
I, I guess that shows, you know, I had to do a little bit of research. But Ottawa clearly feels that they have something with this guy that they needed to take him. Yeah. So I wonder, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to actually see some interview content with that and see what yeah, they're thinking. And, and, just and I just, I defer to teams when like that happens, you know, I, I get a similar vibe to Romanov. Yeah. Where it's like they couldn't possibly have screwed up that badly. Yeah, I know. There must be something. Um, but yeah, so number 11, this was Arizona's actual pick, which obviously has been um, forfeited because they had their illegal testing of prospects a couple months ago. So that also explains why they wanted to get the ninth pick so that they would have a first round pick. We had Fabian Lizell at 11th, but obviously no one was taken at 11th. So just moving on to 12th. We've got the Columbus Blue Jackets, the pick that they acquired from Chicago in the Seth Jones deal. Um, they take Cole Sillinger. So Sillinger, we had Chaz Lucius going Sillinger, a plus one riser, kind of where you'd expect him to go. Um, so yeah, just a, I guess you could say a good pick, Yeah. but uh, technically a reach, but I wouldn't call it that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so going into 12... The 13. 13, yeah. So uh, we had Cole Sillinger there. Um, so like Jesse said, he moved up one. And then uh, Matthew Coronado um, moves up three and takes uh, position 13. So. Yeah, and, and that's a good pick yeah. on, on terms Calgary, of Calgary. Yeah. Calgary, so. yeah, they could use some offense right now. If, if this season taught them anything, you know, it looks like they're pretty solid defensively. The, you know, the goaltending was decent this year. Nothing to write home about, but decent um but their offense really is struggling and you know with rumors of goat of you know johnny godro not staying there much longer i think they really need to put up the pressure i mean um, you know we're even hearing things about matthew kachuk being moved so uh, that whole gonna, team is being rumored of being moved yeah so they really need to find some replacements in there because milan lucic isn't gonna cut it yeah, as much as they wish uh going on to number 14 we had fedor spechkov um and actually who was picked was uh, Isaac Rosen, who becomes one of the biggest uh, jumps in the first round, becoming a plus seven for us. Um, you know, solid right wing uh, for Buffalo. They're just they're really just building their youth core. I think we're gonna see a big big culture change in Buffalo. Yes. Really a youth movement, and um, you know, like we said, a bit of a reach, but. Uh, you know, this was the pick that Buffalo acquired from Philly in the Aristolainen deal, so it's just an extra pick in the first round for them. Yeah. And you know, they took a defenseman first overall, so they, you know, that'd be two. Uh, well, I'm sorry, who did they take last year in the Buffalo. first round? I Oof. completely forget. It was Darlene, and then yeah. While you're looking for it, I'll uh, I'll just go on to the next pick. There we have at 15, uh, Detroit would trade with Dallas. And this is where we were, like, cons convinced it was going to be yes for Wallstead, um, given, you know, the Vasilevsky comparables. Jack Quinn. Okay, so that's it. They took Jack Quinn. Sorry, just to jump back. Buffalo took Jack Quinn last year. So swore that Paterka. Yeah, I think Paterka was a second-round pick. Yeah. But, like, Jack Quinn. Oh, yeah, he's right here. So. Yeah, ja Jack Quinn, another scoring right-winger. So they're, they're just they're taking defense wing, defense wing, yeah. and they're just they're building up their team. So, yeah, just talking about um, the 15th pick, Detroit trades with Dallas. We originally had Atu Ratu, um, but Detroit would take it's Sebastian. Ratu. Oh, it's Atu Ratu. Is it? Yeah, he, it's weird. He pronounces hey. the Ys with the U. It's either him or Dylan Gunther that win the name. Yeah. That's the name of the... I, I special mention, though, to Chaz Lucius. Yeah, that's just... That's a, yeah, that's that's a, a curse. fantastic name. It's a curse, though. <laughs> a little bit, Chaz yeah. Michael Michael. <laughs> But yeah, so then they would take Sebastian Casa, uh, three picks higher than we had him. But the fact that Wallstead was still on the board was the shocking part. So Casa yeah. goes before yeah, Wallstead. This is, this is where we started talking about like let's hope he drops to the yeah. I, I was saying just let him keep going. You know, everyone ignore him. We'll we'll have two drafts in a row where people just ignore what's going on. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so yeah. then we had Matthew Coronado going at sixteen. Obviously, he moved up. So then uh, instead. Um, Offman went. His first name is Brennan. Brennan. Yeah, Brennan. So Brennan Offman goes to the Moved Rangers. Up once. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, exactly. Kind of in the area where he was projected to go. Solid pick. Nothing to really complain there. Rangers out of forward. I I would have added a defenseman if I was them, but um, they clearly thought Offman was worth it. So moving on to number seventeen, St. Louis would take Zach Bolduc, or 
yeah, Balduke. Um, he goes up by five spots, so we have him technically as a riser. Uh, in, you know, good, solid defensive centerman. I could see them kind of hoping he picks up on uh, what O'Reilly's dishing out, basically. Yeah. But taking it forward makes sense. You know, they have a lot of defensive money locked up right now and a lot of spots taken up, so... They, you know, they can kind of start to bolster their, their forwards again. St. Louis is in that weird spot right now where they kind yeah. of have to win now, but kind of are yeah, rebuilding. Yeah, they're kind of like one foot in, one foot out. And, yeah. you know, if history shows us anything, they have to choose one because it's uh, not good to be in this, like, Minnesota, Columbus, uh, you know, every year, what are we going to be sort of thing. And exactly. I, um, I think they're going to move more to a win now situation just because they have so many... Uh, they have so much talent still that if they just yeah. fix a few they things... They have a lot of money invested in guys above 25 years old. Exactly, so. yeah. And they're at that point where like they're old but not very... Exactly. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're kind of just exiting that prime years. Yeah. So now would be the time. So Do a Pittsburgh sort of thing. Where exactly. You, like, you bolster around your stars a little bit, patch it up where it needs to be, and then go into a rebuild in a few years. Exactly. And it's you know you bite the bullet a little because Pittsburgh's rebuild is going to be brutal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going into 18 with the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, so we had Sebastian Casa going, and Chaz Lucius went. So Chaz Lucius fell six, so he's a faller. Um, any good things to say about Lucius? Yeah, great goal scorer uh, coming out of the American Surprised system. Surprised he fell. Yeah, I think that him falling, once again, was a um, just just a symptom of the the lack of scouting this year, because... I thought... I thought um, I thought Calgary was going to take him. Yeah, I thought, you know, if, if given the opportunity, if the Fords that went ahead of him, personally, I would have taken him before Bull Duke, before Othman, before Rosen. I, I might have taken him, you know, probably at 12th where we had him, actually. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say that. I'm not even as a joke. That's exactly where I would have taken him. If And, you know, the team being Columbus that picks for us, I think that's a perfect fit. So, you know, teams... Did what they did, and we'll, we'll have to see. So uh, that, that's going to be the theme of this draft, is like, we're just going to have to see. No. Um, number 19, uh, we originally had Carson Lambos. Uh, it was actually Fedor Svechkov. That's a minus five he fell. So, um, you know, you get a good pick, basically. The same thing. You have two guys falling uh, over five spots. Yeah. And uh, at 19, like we said, it was Nashville. So, yeah, Nashville taking it forward makes sense. Yeah, they don't need any more D there. And, you know, goaltending, they're good too. So, um, yeah, yeah, good to see that, you know, finally they've taken something. And then at number 20, when my hopes couldn't be higher, yeah, Edmonton yeah. uh, trades their pick to Minnesota, yeah. to which I was convinced they were not taking I mean, them. Yeah. But they take, yes, for Wallstead. and. Yeah. Um, you know, we originally had Nikita Chibrikov, who ended up actually not going in the first round, which is a whole separate issue, but um, that might be the Russian factor, honestly. Uh, Jesper Wallstead is going to be one of the best goalies in the NHL at his peak. Um, Minnesota just got themselves a massive piece for their yeah. for their youth movement, whatever you want to call it, rebuild, whatever. Edmonton um, shit the bed. Edmonton, I don't really know what they were thinking. Because, no, like, if they think they have goaltending, then, like, they need to change. Well, I, I, I put it out on a couple of different live streams that I said, uh, you know, why go with a, fran a potential franchise goalie when you have Mike Smith locked up for two more years? Yeah, 40-year-old Mike Smith. It's an interesting strategy. And, you know, the, these goaltenders, you just don't get in free agency. Like, it's just, no. it's not, it's like a... It's like getting. It's like hoping to fill your center position in free agency. It comes across so rarely, and when it does, you're gonna you pay overpay. a fortune. You're exactly. gonna pay a fortune, a la John Tavares, and like, um, you know, it's just a stupid strategy. And like, then they're gonna complain about goaltending for the next five years. And exactly. Yeah. Uh, number twenty-one, we have the Boston Bruins. We originally had Great Isaac pick. Rosen. Great. Pick. Yeah, Isaac Rosen. Arguably, at least in my opinion, this was the best pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, they take Fabian Lysel. Uh, yeah, that's such a drops ten spots. This pissed me off. Yeah, this pissed me off because it seems like there's certain teams, including the Boston Bruins, where they just hit it on the head every time. Okay? Yeah, like with that, with, with the exception of that one draft that you you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the 2015. 2015. Three, it's almost when it's too easy. That's when they do yeah, it. But other than that, they just they hit the nail on the head, and like this guy should not have fallen this far, and obviously it goes to Boston. Yeah, so a division rival, and they get a really solid player you know this is someone who like we said could have gone in the top five even so um you know 
I, I heard comparisons in terms of regret to Pasternak. Not the same player, not the yeah. same caliber, but um, a lot of people saying that this is going to be one we look back and go, like, how the hell did he fall to 21? Yeah, for sure. I can see that happening. So going to, what, uh, 22? This would be the pick that Edmonton got from Minnesota. Yeah, so we had Zachary Bulduk going at 22, but Xavier Bourgeois went, so that's a plus one rise for Bourgeois. So. That's where you expect. Another yeah, that's guy okay. from the... Uh, another forward from the queue. Yeah. A lot of two-way forwards this year. Not too many... Uh, like pure playmakers and snipers, but again, it's so hard to tell. So, um, push move right on to 23. Dallas gets uh, this pick from Washington through Detroit. I forget how this pick ended up at Dallas's feet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I, I can't even honestly remember, but we just look, we had Xavier Bourgeois right there. They go with Wyatt Johnson, uh, someone we didn't have ranked. So, it's not the first time I've seen Dallas go off the board with their first round picks. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see how it does. But obviously that technically makes him a riser because he goes from off the board into yeah. the first round. I'm laughing. You're, uh, you're going to take the next name at 24. <laughs> <laughs> so at 24, we have the Florida Panthers. Originally, we had, uh, I believe it's Francesco Pinelli. And I know that's Is not it? the name. That is Fabio. It's one of those. He's got a he's got a very interesting first name, uh, but that's not the name Rob's referring to. As a plus eight riser, we have Mackie Samoskovich, and I think I did well with that. But uh, yeah, he that that was someone we had ranked as thirty uh, second in the draft, so he jumps all the way up to twenty four. Um, at this point, I don't I did I just didn't know much about the prospects. I knew the names, and I kind of knew where they were supposed to go, but I, I just don't know much about them. I believe he's a bigger body. I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, number 25, this was yeah. the uh, Toronto's first, original yeah, pick. Yeah, first time in you know, this draft where it was like, we were, you know, like this was actually hit on the head besides mm-hmm. the top two. But So, not a riser, not a follower, but yeah. an exact hit. Corson Kuhlmans. Yeah. Kuhlmans. This uh, is going to Columbus. Yeah, going to Columbus, so... Um, I like this pick. I mean, it's yeah. um, it's right where it should be. Yeah, right where it should be, which was nice and um, a nice change from the mayhem and, of the And it was nice 24. to see that Columbus got a good asset from where Toronto would have been. You know, they desperately need some help, and uh, that's just another strike to the Toronto Maple Leafs that we love to see. Um, yeah, so moving on to 26, this was uh, Minnesota's another Minnesota pick. This was from Pittsburgh, I believe, in the Galchenyuk deal. Um, Carson Lambos went. We had Oscar Olofsson. Um, Carson Lambos falls eight picks. Uh, that That's not terribly surprising. I know he had a weak year playing in Winnipeg. Yeah, um, it didn't seem like it like that bad, you know? Like, it just, yeah, again, like, it's it's almost, you never, like, again, it, it's kind of Pandora's box, this draft, so. Yeah, like, especially, with, especially with Canadian players, like. That's it. And, like, again, not to spoil anything, but we had one, two, three, four, and five picks that were not ranked in our draft yeah. going the first round. So it's obvious that there's a lot of uh, mystery. Yeah. So, um, yeah, number 27 with Nashville. Yeah, so they, uh, Nashville took uh, Zachary, Zachary Leroux, so that's a Montreal-bred boy, Yeah. Um, over uh, Stankovin. Uh, get that stank out of here. <laughs> it's actually, I, I, it's one of, that might also contend for the yeah. best name in the draft. He's hit by so, the yeah. stank. Uh, Leher moves up two. So, uh, cool pick. Good to see a, you know, a kid from around here. Yeah, go. played and for Halifax. Played for Halifax. And uh, I'm sure he grew up a dollar. Did he? Pretty sure. Oh, I'm not sure. I'll double check that. Could actually. be wrong. But it's one of these, uh, one of these three that uh, one of our friends knows. So, cool pick. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, Nashville has a lot of rebuilding to do on the offense. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it starts with making some good drafting decisions and getting their prospect pool up to snuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I believe, yeah, well, he played in Lac St. Louis, and then he played in Chattagay. So he grew up somewhere very close to home. This is yeah. definitely someone who was, uh, you know, built in Montreal, that's yeah. for sure. So, uh, yeah, cool to see him go. Would have been cool to see him play for the Habs. I mean, yeah. I think personally, that's just career suicide at that point. If you grew up in Montreal and you play for the Habs right now, yeah, it's uh, it just adds that pressure, especially when you're not like a first overall yeah, pick. Yeah, especially so, when there's not a lot of French Canadians on the team. Yeah, uh, exactly. So I mean, 
you know, would have been cool, but I'm happy for him regardless. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so number 28, we got the Colorado Avalanche. They select Oscar Olofsson, so he fell. So, you know, another great pick for the Avalanche. We had originally had Simon Robertson there, so I believe Robertson even fell out of the first round. He's another one. Um, but, yeah, basically just a good pick. Whenever you have someone who falls, it's a good pick. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so going in, do 29. Um, yeah, so that's 29 where we had Zachary Lerreur going, and uh, instead, I think it's Corey Stillman. Uh, Chase. Chase Stillman. Uh, Chase Stillman it's went. The Devils. Yeah, so that's a, we didn't have him ranked, so definitely a riser. He was kind of off the radar. Um, yeah, so what do you think of that? What's he going to do for... Uh... I mean, he's a right winger, so it's just bolstering their forward group. I think that uh, New Jersey just, at that point, you know, they they traded for that pick, and so they clearly see something mm-hmm. that, uh, that they want. So, I mean, can't complain. Uh, I'll just I'll move on to 30 right now. Uh, Zach Dean going to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. We originally had Daniil Chayka. Uh, did Dean rising up too tells me that uh, you know it's around where he should go, but Vegas really likes him. It makes sense they want a centerman. Yeah. Another guy out of the queue that just plays a good two-way game. Um, yeah, nothing to say. Do you want to yep, skip so the Habs and do the last pick and then yeah, go back? Yeah, go, well, we have 31 here. That, that, that would yeah. be the Habs. Yeah, it would be the Habs. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, so yeah, we'll, save, we'll save the Habs last. So take yeah. 32. And, uh, okay, yeah, so 32nd pick goes to the Chicago Blackhawks through... Uh, but, you know, jumping through some hoops, it went to Columbus, then it went to Tampa, then it goes to Chicago. Yeah. Um, they take. We originally had Zach Dean there, so um, not far off, like we said. But they go with uh, Nolan Allen. No idea who this is, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, it, again, that's just uh, that's their scouting. You know, certain teams prefer to scout in the WHL. Certain teams prefer to scout in uh, Europe, and this and that. Clearly, this is one of the players the Blackhawks really like. Yeah. And so, uh, your first round pick, congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, 31, so this is kind of like the black cloud of the draft. Gra- we the, we had the Samu Tuamola Tum- going. And yeah. then, uh, instead, the Habs decide to go off the board uh, for a kid who withdrew himself from the draft for a uh, very precarious reason that we're not going to go into here just because I think it's everyone knows the story here. It's uh, Logan Mayu. Um, yeah. Definitely, you know, we're, we called him a riser, but like, you know, this kid was supposed to go in the first round, but due to some very poor decisions on his part um, that I think, in the end of the day, uh, do not reflect well on Montreal Canadiens' organization. Uh, he was picked 31st, and, um, you know, to say, like, I think, we'll just take, like, a minute each just to say how we're feeling with this. Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I, I think from a business perspective, this is a terrible decision, okay? Just from the backlash from fans already, there's tons of, you know, change.org things going on now to, to, to not have this guy play for, with, with a Habs jersey on because, you know, this jersey means a lot to a lot of people. And to have it, someone like that who uh, so clearly lacks the moral, like, destitute to, to, to wear a jersey that has such a storied franchise and just face, you know, very little consequences for his, for his actions... I, I'm just I'm not pleased with it specifically because of the players that went in the second round that we could have taken that would have been fantastic picks, and um, just the 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 un the unapologetic nature of him and how he, um, you know I, I just I just don't like the kid and I, I don't think he's a very likable person I find him kind of despicable and I I just I don't see what management was thinking and like we you know we joke a lot about our our drafting history. Uh, and how it's not great, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I think, skill aside, because he's a very skilled hockey player, I find this is like the cherry on top of like what is Trevor Timmons smoking? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like from a business perspective, like Jeff Molson's got to sit this guy down and be like, you do know I need this. Like we need to like sell our brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, what do you think? Yeah. So I mean, like like you said, we're not going to go into the details of what it is uh, for anyone in the hockey community. This is something. That, you know, it came to light and you would know the story. Um, this is, for me, it's it's multi, multifaceted. It's, it, first of all, um, like you said, there was, you know, we have a few honorable mentions here. I'll just give the names out. I think it's important that if we're going to say this kid's name, we're going to say the other names. Sam Pastu, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Pastu. 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 Uh, Stanislav Sozol, Scott Morrow, and Dylan Duke 
all guys who could have gone the first round, amongst others, but um, all were available at this point in the draft as well. Um, you know, Aturatu was still there. We had him all the way up at 15th. Um, I'm trying to think who else very briefly, just going through here. Um, Chibrikov, Nikita Chibrikov was supposed to go 20th in our minds, dropped out of the first round. Yeah. Stankoven, uh, we could have had the Stank. Uh, Robertson, like the Tuamala, even the guy who we had ranked at that position yeah. was, was not uh, yet taken. So just getting away from that for a second, I think that... Yeah, from, from a hockey point of view, you had other options that were arguably better options. Um, a few that were like technically, even statistically better options. I think from a, like you said, a business point of view, this is horrible for the brand. Um, and I think from a, uh, I, I don't have the right word for it, from, from a, like a human approach, yeah. this is not how you deal with this. This kid, you know, like you said, he put out a statement asking to not be drafted um whether or not that was at his own discretion you know we can we can speculate all we want on that but the, the statement was put out there and i think that um you know you you honor that in the sense of this is not the position you want to put him in you don't want to put yourself in you want to really stay away from this we know for a fact this kid was on i believe nine do not draft lists and the news did come out um, that certain teams were considering him in the second round. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because I, I you know, right now the Montreal Canadiens are kind of seen as the like, like the most awful team in the NHL. I think other teams were willing to make that move. I think we should have let other teams make that move. But uh, clearly the Habs jumped the gun on this and... Yeah, another, it's, it's it's not defensible. There's no. in my opinion, there's there's just no way to defend this. Pick. Another issue too is that you know he's obviously facing legal proceedings from of, of what he's doing, and, and you know there's a lot of talk um, from you know sports lawyers and, and, and agents that, that are speaking out on Twitter saying basically a, a lot of the reason why they think he asked not to be drafted was because it was going to impact his legal proceedings about um, you know basically no effect on his career. Mm -hmm. He was drafted. Um, this kid did something despicable and has no effect on his on his future, uh, you know, his his financial earnings. And I think a lot of the reason why he withdrew himself from the gra uh, draft was to have a more favorable outcome in the legal proceedings. Which is, that's completely fair. Again, like we there, there's a bunch to it, and I'm I'm trying to be as as stoic yeah. as possible. I'm gonna keep it on the Habs just because I I. I don't really want to talk about this kid as much. Like that's my, what my, I mean. My thing I with the Habs, yeah, it's just the thing that has me with the Habs was the statement they came out with right away because they knew it, it was going to cause uh, problems. The problem with me with it was that they they made it out to be like this is his shot at retribution. Yeah, with which make you know he he bore he well he did basically ruin a a, a young girl's life and I. I don't see how him playing professional hockey, making millions of dollars, is a shot at retribution. It's it's a sport, and mm -hmm. and as I agree, and I I think a big part of that too is that um and I I don't know who the person's name is, so I I want to give them credit. There was the number one comment on the Canadians Instagram page was if you have to release a statement as to why you drafted someone you probably shouldn't have drafted yeah. that person. I, I agree with that. You know, there's... It's really not like the picks were barren and we had no, nothing. No, like we know? said, there was a lot of high-quality talent there and you could make an argument for a lot of them that it was, like, m even more worth yeah. taking it. Just ignoring it. Like, look, we'll, we'll, we'll briefly go over Logan's, uh, like, stats here. 18-year-old right-hand shot defenseman, 6'3", 214, Played 19 games in the Hockey Attend Swedish League last year because the OHL didn't play. He typically plays for the London Knights, which is where he'll be returning this season. Um, he was a minus 14. He had 15 points in 19 games, 32 penalty minutes. Barring, yeah, but we have to specify barring legal proceedings because yeah. during during while his. Uh, in, in Sweden, while his proceedings are, are going forward, he has to remain in the country, which could extend it to early January. Okay. Yeah, yeah I see that that's the thing. So his intentions are to play in London, uh, Ontario, like for the yeah. Knights this year. We'll see where that goes. Um, I don't, again, I don't think the Canadians need to link their names to this, no. which was the big issue. Just because, um, like, the, the one thing I'm going to say before I forget is, like, 
imagine five years from now if he turns out to be you know great for the Habs. Every time he scores or he's on the ice, like I'm gonna have issues like like not cheering for the Habs. Obviously, I'm gonna cheer for the Habs, but I mean like if he scores, I'm gonna have problems being like, yeah, nice. Was the thing? Anthony like, D'Angelo is a great hockey. Exactly. Player. It's just it's hard to like. I don't know. It's you can't separate the player from the jersey. Like it's very difficult. Like I I have problem. I believe in second chances, yes. but I'm just saying playing hockey for he's, a million, he's a very, playing hockey very for a million dollars, kid. yeah, playing hockey for a million dollars is not a second chance. Exactly. I mean, that's just, that's where his career was going. You you and I said this before the show started, and again, this doesn't fix what he did in any way, but if the Canadian statement said something more along the lines of, he's now agreed to forfeit his first year of his contract, he'll be donating it to so-and-so, and he'll be volunteering for a year at the shelter, he's not playing hockey this year. There's there's a at least an attempt on the Canadian side, not even his, but the Canadians to say we're taking this into our own hands because the culture we're building is a like of yeah. like good quality. It's just and it's just it's even then it's like so why do it? Yeah, it, yeah. At that point, it's like but you're okay having them here. Exactly. Like, that's what I don't understand. You know. Anyway, I I want to move on from it just because it is frustrating and like you know we're basically the. Uh, you know, it's not even a laughing stock of the league. We're like looked upon now as like basically like idiots or monsters. And I, I really can't blame all the news articles I'm seeing in other cities, like the Toronto Sun or the Vancouver Gazette. Like you're seeing all these news well, stories, in, and all of the criticism is entirely justified. I'm not even defending the pick. I'm trying to maybe yeah. look at it from uh, at any angle that makes sense, and it doesn't. You know, uh, Steve Dangle. Had a very good point too with it, and that he, I mean, the the first thing he said is just like it's indefensible, which he's he's entirely correct. But he said, you know, one, you you didn't have to take him. Like if there's no there's no one forcing you, and and the other thing that's important here is, you know, I look at a guy like Brandon Leipzig, right? Uh, who essentially his phone last year for those who didn't know it leaked. That was an NHL player. It leaked, and he basically was making just rude comments about other players and wives of the other players like really nothing bad nothing compared exactly he's a a bully and this guy essentially like all joking aside was a like essentially banished to russia yeah he plays in the khl now couldn't get a job but again like this is a guy that i don't feel bad for because it it, it's a culture thing like i know this is yeah no i know i know i'm agreeing with you it's just like it's like they're they're you don't want those guys in your locker room i mean like this guy's that's what i'm getting to is that this is someone who you're creating a culture, and, and that that's what Steve Dangle said. Is he goes, uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens kind of became Canada's darling mm. uh, due to their run in the playoffs this year and all the stories that came out, you know, like Shea Weber's on his way out and this and that. And then all of a sudden, you know, all that positive, uh, you know, energy and positive media that the Canadiens have just went right down the, the, the toilet. And, like, frankly, I, I, I agree with him. I think I look at the team right now, and I, I specifically, like you said, I look at Mark Bergevin, I look at Connor uh, Timmons. Um, Trevor Timmons. Trevor Timmons. Connor Timmons is his Colorado's rookie defenseman. <laughs> um, I look at Trevor Timmons, and I, I question whether or not, one, I question their morality as well. I mean, I'm not going to start speculating, but what's going on in Chicago right now does yeah. involve Mark Bergevin, and that is yet again another a sexual like yeah. uh, crime. And so, uh, you know, it goes to, it, it starts to question the, you know, the character of the person, not the business. And, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're Jeff Molson, you have to ask yourself some serious questions right well, now. Yeah, it's I, like, what, who is running my like, team? Like, you know, you, you shouldn't have to, you know, be a father or have a sister to understand this stuff. But, you know, you, you're talking about having this kid there with a guy like Carey Price with his daughter. Yeah. You know I mean, like, it, it's this is not going to work. Like, I promise you it will not work, and this will end up being a forfeited first-round pick. I guarantee it, and it's it, it just blows me away how we can blow this every time. I, I agree, and I, just, I This I, one I is think, a notch forward. I think it's in like, response to what, what you're saying there, too, because I do agree, like, you don't need to be a woman or have a daughter or have yeah. a mom. It's like... Ignoring that part of it, too, it's like, as a man, this guy's representing our gender. Yeah. It's like... You should you should and our hold team. and that's it. And I mean, like it's 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 just everything about this is wrong. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. You know, I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he was the one who came up with the idea to say don't draft me. I'll just I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt for the argument's sake. Don't draft him. Yeah. You don't like the, he's he's giving you an easy way. You know what? If this was Connor McDavid, 
and a team like the Oilers drafted him first overall and got this backlash, right? You could you could understand that the team saying this is a 17-year-old, we're going to work on this, blah, 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 and this is a generational talent. I'm not saying hockey talent excuses this. Obviously not. Michael Jordan doesn't get to kill people because he's the best basketball player of all time. However, this wasn't, like you said, a, oh, you know, we're, we're essentially sacrificing the next 20 years of the franchise. This is a guy who's a late first-round pick, um, just another stupid big body on the ice for us. Like, just pick someone else. Yeah, pick, I don't get it. Pick someone else. We don't need another defenseman right now as it is. No. So, so from like, a purely ignoring the story, we didn't need that yeah. right-hand shot defenseman. We we absolutely needed a left winger. Nikita Chabrikov <laughs> yeah, was available. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you he's going to be a guy. Yeah. Was, was a, a originally like... supposed to be the first overall pick. Yeah. He went in the second round yeah. to the Islanders. So, clearly, Perfect the team fit. like the Perfect Islanders... Fit. Exactly. Actually. Exactly. <laughs> They yeah. they clearly you know they took a flyer on him. Let's yeah. say. And like Caleb, even you know, whatever personality aside, we need to seriously look at our drafting. Like seriously, I I personally think Trevor Timmons and Mark Bergevin are both done after this year. Yeah. Mark Bergevin's press conference at the end of the year looked like he already wanted to get out of here. Yeah. You know when when someone says the words "I have one year left of my contract" and I'll honor that, it's like. Well, yeah, you're yeah, gonna honor that, gonna but honor uh, I hope that means by honor it, you're gonna do your job well. Yeah, and don't draft us as sex offenders and leave. Yeah. You know? like, so overall, uh, lots of surprises in the draft. Yeah, I think in a, in a, in a podcast coming up, we'll we'll do a bit more research on our late picks and mm-hmm. see if there's any you know diamonds in the rough there. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're decent at that at least. I mean. We draft better after the third round. Yeah, when our pressure's off and uh, we don't draft uh, sex offenders. Exactly. So, yeah. So um, or Michael McCarron. Yeah. Which is exactly. worse? I. I God. <laughs> 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 That's good. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing else really to say on the draft except lots of surprises. Lots of teams made some good picks. Um, best pick of the draft probably Fabian Lysel. Yeah, that's a Worst steal. pick of the draft probably Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll basically. I think, we'll... I think our you know we we were talking about this, this afternoon, but I think our lineup in the near future should be Logan Mayu. Yeah. We'll, we'll 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 have three guys. We'll we'll have Logan Mayu on D. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll have Harvey Weinstein at center. Exactly. And we'll have Bill Cosby on left D. Yeah. And we'll have Leipzig. Be the bring, bring back Leipzig. Yeah. We'll get Anthony D'Angelo. It's like that meme from uh, what? What is it? It's from uh, that singing show there. Um, Which one? The uh, <laughs> uh, Glee. Glee. Oh, where she's yeah. like, I'm gonna make this so toxic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My guys, you know, especially after we we had a whole summer of Mark Bergman saying the culture of the team, yeah. the hatitude. Yeah. It was all about the hatitude. Yeah. And. All of a sudden, that doesn't matter. It's because like, it's another thing too. It's like it, look, put yourself in the position of like Alexander Romanov or like any depth defenseman. This guy's realistically going to play with. Do you want to play with this guy? Yeah, I don't want to play with him. No, I, I know. Like I wouldn't. I just I wouldn't want this guy. So you don't want to associate yourself with him. It's also every time again. It's also it puts guys on edge because like I don't want. To, I don't want. To, I don't want to meet my girlfriend. Well, this is what I mean. I don't want to meet. And imagine you're you're sitting next to him in the locker room. And he pulls his phone out. You're like, what are you about to do? Like, don't yeah. involve me. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, like, and then there's, and there, you know, I'm not going to break stories here too, yeah. but apparently this isn't the first time. And there might I, be yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, the, the, out, these kind of things aren't one-offs. Um, but yeah, and then again, like, it, it's just, you know, the, the one thing is, and I'll, I'll say it, it is a shame that, you know, Shea Weber is not on the team right now because yeah. he would have absolutely, like, like, been the person to whip this kid into shape. Yeah. So... You know, but just, I think just the, summary this, the summary of it is unnecessary. Yeah, That's it's unnecessary and absolutely inex- and, and inexcusable. Yeah. There's there's no way to spin this that it works out well. Unnecessary, inexcusable, and you damaging. wasted your pick. And a wasted pick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I want to end on a positive, actually. So, the way the draft works is the first 15 picks, right? As we know, the top two now are lottery picks. And then the next 3 through 15 go in order of how you finished during the regular season. 16 to 32 is how you finished in the playoffs. I think you do away with that, and you go based off of where you finished in the regular season. I think the Canadians being dropped all the way to 31 
made absolutely no sense. No, I don't like that. Um, we would have been picking 12th, I believe, because we were 18th in the league. Yeah, we probably would have taken Logan Mayu. <laughs> God, no, I, I, I'm that. not kidding. I don't um, think we would. I think. We I, I mean, looking at who went 12th, I think we genuinely... I mean, both goalies were available. We may have taken Wallstead, which would have been fantastic. But, you know, in terms of defensemen, that there, there was just so many other options... I would have been happy with literally any other option. Yeah, because at the, at the end of the day, even if you want to be a, a psychopath with this, at the end of the day, this kid will not play. And this yeah. is the thing. We we did not draft anybody. No. Okay, because stuff is going to come up. These characters stay the same. This isn't like a teenager being a teenager. Something's going to come up. He's going to be an issue like Tony D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we don't have a 2021 pick. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Oh, so it's and, annoying. Yeah. It's very and annoying. I, even if we did, I count it as a miss. Yeah. Because, again, this is just something that the, the, this this is a very, very deep cut in his personal ledger. And in order to repair that, it takes more than taking a year playing in the OHL. Yeah. It's sure. like if, if he would have been drafted next year, it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. So, you know, I look, I, I really do hope he takes the steps he needs to, one, like, honestly, get some help. Yeah. Because, like, he's a sick individual. Yeah. Two, like, do what you can to make right with whatever wrong. Maybe actually apologize like a man. Yeah. And just hopefully this is something that, that does have a, a resolution one way or another. Yeah, at least for the girl. I mean, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Just in general, I just, I just want it to be something that we can look back and be like, okay, that ended the way it should end. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, how this, you could sum this up with, with, with the facial expression of Jesse and I waiting, you know, battling fatigue, 11.30 oh, p.m. think about that. And they call out this kid's name. You should have, you guys should have seen the look on me, Jesse's face. It was just well, like, I, it I was thought hilarious. it was a joke. I yeah. thought, I thought like, wow, Bergevin's got some, some balls. I thought, I thought the hockey guy was fucking with us. Well, yeah, that's it. It's like, I, I actually thought that was like, oh, that's funny if someone made a joke that's like. Logan Mayu, it's like yeah, oh, like kind of like kind of dark, but like dark humor, yeah. but like I but mean, funny, dark, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. given given the, the jokes that unex- were made twenty minutes yeah, ago, it's unexpected. <laughs> it's unexpected from the hockey guy. So I was like, yeah. I, what, I was taking it. I was taking. Well, it his back jaw and, dropped right open. He yeah. was staring. I went, um, okay, and then started writing. And I went, who? Yeah, I thought I thought we were gonna do it in classic Canadians fashion. I thought we were gonna take a guy who was supposed to go. Yeah, who we'd never heard of. Yeah, yeah and I was like, oh fuck, here we go. And then they pull up. But I would, yeah, honestly, I would have rather rather said we traded the pick or something. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, what's next on the docket? Coming I up? believe we have our player report cards ready. So um, we've got, uh, yeah, like we said, player report cards. I don't want to even give any details away yeah. just yet. So we will catch you guys on the next one. But a um, couple fun segments coming up next. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.